Fresh Art International presents conversations about creativity in the 21st century. This is Fresh Art International. I'm Kathy Bird. Our podcast explores creative communities across six continents. Today we take you to Northwest Chicago, where Puerto Rican-born artist Edra Soto has invited us to visit her studio. Her space is well-situated, on the second floor of a shared fabrication workshop in a building that once housed a toy manufacturing plant. Soto is an interdisciplinary artist, an educator, and curator. In concert with the 2019 Chicago Architecture Biennial, the Millennium Park Foundation commissioned Soto to produce a temporary gathering place in one of the park's outdoor galleries. Only steps from Anish Kapoor's cloud gate, she worked with a team to construct Screen House, the 10-foot-high pavilion made of 400 charcoal-hued 12-inch cast concrete blocks is part of an ongoing project, an architectural series inspired by iron grills and decorative concrete screen blocks found throughout the Caribbean and the American South. I grew up in a household that had a very remarkable wall like that, so it becomes a part of your lexicon. The reason why I started the project is that I started wondering why we don't study this in school. Why we study colonial architecture and everybody knows about the garitas and everybody knows about the Spanish forts, but nobody knows about the home architecture, vernacular architecture. So that led me to what I've been doing the research for almost 10 years. I started in 2012 working on graft. And why do you call it graft? The meaning of graft is a type of transplant. It also talks about illegal type of transaction. I start thinking about the skin transplant and how do I create a type of work in relation to architecture that felt like it was very personal, almost visceral. And to do that in architecture is is hard. So I had to think about it symbolically, like this is like me transplanting, inserting myself in American territory, planting myself as physical presence. How do I make myself present, but also blend in or connect? In architecture, it felt that I could create that kind of connection. This one was the first iteration of Screenhouse that was at the Arts Club of Chicago. So that was the first time that I, I was forced to think about architectural intervention, but not as an appendix to the building or like fixed to the building, but in relation to the building. One thing about graft is that I I never do it in Puerto Rico because I'm referring to the fences and the vernacular architecture of Puerto Rico and it is a type of imaginary transplant. 
I think about it as something that uh, I take from Puerto Rico and bring it to the U.S. Oh, it's behind here. They're beautiful. <laughs> the process to make uh, one of these particular graft projects will be, I get all my sources from Puerto Rico. I do research there, I take pictures of all the, the houses there when I visit, and then I use that source. So I don't source from the internet or anywhere else. All the sources are from personal. my personal archive. Mm -hmm. And then to make a project, I assess the type of space, where it's going to live, where it's going to be. It, it really depends on the, the space. I see here behind us shelves with graft mm -hmm. features and yeah. empty glass bottles. Tell me about this one. So when I moved to East Garfield Park, I think uh, maybe like seven years ago, I started seeing a lot of littering, discarded material, and a lot of bottles, liquor bottles. I couldn't understand exactly what it meant. So I started actually collecting bottles and then decided I don't think I can do anything with this. So I had to recycle them. But one year I was walking my dogs and I, I start seeing bottles again. And I say, I think I have to do something with this. So I start collecting them and then I kept them. One day I was in my car listening to music. I like to listen to popular music because growing up in Puerto Rico, I think I, think I spent those 27 years, a lot of my education was through television. It was very mainstream oriented. So I developed a great taste for popular music and especially American music from the 80s and early 90s because to me, American music became the exotic. Anyway, I'm listening to this radio station and there's a song of Drake that is called For Free, which is kind of a dirty song <laughs> that was playing on the radio. But in the song lyrics, he mentioned Hennessy. I must have the superpowers, last 223,000 hours and it's because I'm And I was thinking that is one of these liquors that I keep finding in my neighborhood, and why do I find so much cognac in my neighborhood? So I just did a search online, and I found that really amazing article from the source, which was the, the Bourbon Empire, which is a, a book. And the author of this book, he wrote a passage about cognac and how cognac was introduced to black soldiers during the World Wars. The cognac then become a symbol of acceptance and also celebration for black people in general. It becomes like, sort of like if you think about it in, in opposition to, to whiskey, for example. Cognac being made in France, it became a symbol for celebration. To me, that detail, it really opened up some understanding about why there's so much consumption of cognac. It's something that comes from a tradition. But nowadays, I think it's a different kind of consumption. I think the consumption where I'm picking up these bottles is from sort of a response to 
hip hop and rap culture and how the desire to connect with a fantasy of luxury. There are other kinds of bottles here. There are all kinds, all kinds, but the cognac will be the most popular one. So this this will be like Doucet, that will be Remy Martin, all those green bottles. I thought it was a fascinating story that really gave me a historic connection and a cultural connection. I live in a historic African-American neighborhood, East Garfield Park. So meeting people there, I feel there's a lot of tradition. And I think the consumption liquor has become a tradition as well in Puerto Rico with rum. I never see them like that. I think that in the place where I live, in the sectors where these bottles accumulate, it's a particular situation because as well, there's no supermarkets in that area. There's a liquor store in the middle of the boulevard. So it's a manifestation. What happens is a consequence of what is available. Urban development yes. has eliminated local infrastructure. Yeah, and, and that brings, as you imagine, all these complicated issues. I get to merge my connection to Puerto Rico and my connection to my neighborhood in Chicago through this project. And I call it Open 24 Hours because it's about discarded material that is visible. It's open. There's nothing that will hide it. This is the Fresh Art International Podcast. I'm Kathy Bird. Our studio visit with artist Edra Soto gives us a lot to think about. Her temporary modular screenhouses are evocative symbols of Soto's cultural assimilation that we can enter and share. Couched in the same beauty, Open 24 Hours offers a different visceral encounter with evidence of displacement and want. Soto asks that we acknowledge her marginalized neighbors in Chicago, inviting us to consider the personal and communal impact of poverty and racism. In the five months since our studio visit in fall 2019, Soto has gathered, cleaned, polished, and classified more than 500 bottles found within three blocks of her house. In early 2020, iterations of Open 24 Hours are on display in two exhibitions. One appears in Open House Domestic Thresholds at the Albright Knox Museum in Buffalo, New York. Cognac bottles carefully arranged on shelves with decorative panels reveal the artist's connection to two places she calls home. More liquor bottles command attention in the installation she designed for state-of-the-art 2020. Featuring work by artists from across the United States, the exhibition celebrates the opening of The Momentary, the new contemporary art space at the Crystal Bridges Museum in Bentonville, Arkansas, Search Edra Soto on freshartinternational.com to learn more. We're sharing her projects on Instagram at freshartintl. Please take a few minutes to review this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you go to listen. 
the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, Emily Hall Tremaine Foundation, Locust Projects, and the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, and listeners like you make Fresh Art International possible. Visit our website to subscribe, sign up for our latest news, and give a donation to support these stories. Stay tuned for more contemporary art talk.